An unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth Podcast. Save me a press. Hi, everybody. This is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self Care. And from Washington, D.C. Gracie is a book author, and her book is coming out this November. She'll be talking about as well as she has a blog and a website, and you can take courses to get closer to your goal for self-care, as well as a podcast, and her podcast is Self-Care with Gracie, G-R-A-C-Y. And we're just going to get in and talk about what's going on with her life and her being pregnant with her second child. About to launch this book that's coming out in about a week or two from this episode airing. And we're just going to talk about what inspired her, how she started, what she went through, what she's going to do with the promotion of this book, as well as what she talks about and how she can help you guys if you are looking to take a course on self-care. Thank you for being here. And welcome Gracie look at the world and like wow the world is suffering like how does our self-care impact that and how can we right help? no it's I totally agree and it's such a huge thing and not only that it's got it's getting so big too and it's because it's like an awareness um I think like not many people realize how important it is to self-care because like you were saying you can work out and you can sleep more or eat better but I feel like with myself with my emotions I feel like if I if I don't control my emotions because that will automatically go to my physical life yes yes it's all interconnected particularly the last two years since I've become a mother I restructured everything and I've incorporated more of a social justice focus into my work and have been really exploring how our self-care can show up to help other people I I really wasn't super trained on how to be a coach and even coach when I say now I'm like am I like what does a coach really mean I just more wanted to share the practices that were working for me and I also knew that what didn't work for me and so like what I know in the past that like going on diets didn't work for me trying to like make really big changes in my life like new year's resolution style things didn't work for me and what did work for me was having community being able to tell like the truth about what I was feeling I couldn't just like keep it to myself having small self-reinforcing habits that really did work and that I could see like traction from and so that was really my philosophy in the beginning was like well let's have a conversation about this like why is it hard to change why do we like start something and then all of a sudden start self-sabotaging and instead of just giving people like a five-step process I was really more about let's get curious about ourselves and that's been such a big form of self-care is like how do you just get interested in what your process is even when it doesn't always line up with what you think it should be just acknowledging it because a lot of people I mean the older I get um I realize how much it is common for people to not acknowledge what they're going through speak about their emotions or what they're feeling what they're going through and I think that's such a huge first step absolutely and I think a big reason for that is that we don't usually get modeling for it it's like if you grew up in a family right. where nobody right. talks yeah, about their emotions we didn't have a class like this in school or we-, we don't need ways to get better right now like we can like buy a magazine and they can tell us so many different ways that we can improve ourselves and I never meet someone who what they don't have is information like everybody has information but we use that against ourselves we're like oh like if I could just get it together I could do this and so, like, I think what, what you're offering and what, what I'm hoping I'm offering in the world is, too, is honesty 
and space to be ourselves and space to be imperfect and have an authentic growth process. Because I don't, I don't know of a person who's just been able to proceed forward in a linear fashion. It's like right. we grow, we regress, we grow again. We have to come back to the same lesson over and over again. It can be really frustrating sometimes, but the process is is rich if we can allow ourselves to have a full process, and it really does work. Right, and like we're okay with speaking about you know our dirty laundry because that's like that's a scary thing to put up. So that was scary, and that was like you know tough on me because I knew people were gonna listen to it that knew me. But if you and I can do that and we are okay with that, like, why not spread that around so people can hear the story? It's so liberating. Like, of course, there are going to be people out there who are like, oh, I can't believe you would say that. But those are people who aren't sharing their stories. But it's like, just to be able to be like, yeah, I have social anxiety. Like, that's been such a great thing for me to admit. Be like, I don't like going to parties. I have social anxiety. I'm not going to feel good about myself if I go to a crowded room of people. That used to be such a thing I had shame about, but now I'm like, no, I just say it. And so many other people feel the same way. I stay home on a Saturday night. It's fine. But I, I couldn't have gotten there without sharing it with other people. There's something so healing in the in the laying it all out and have other people say, like, yeah, I, I experienced that, too. Right. Yep. Yep. And and there are people out there where they're just so hungry to know that it's okay to be themselves and to go through hard moments in life. Or, so, or just to find people to relate with if they can't in their circle of friends. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And I love the name of your book, by the way. If you want to talk about the book, that would be great. Thanks. It's My book's called Self-Carefully. And I... <laughs> Talking about imperfection, I I took me like years to write a book. I actually wrote a whole other book. I was like signed up for this like book boot camp thing where I wrote a book in 10 weeks. And at the end of it, I did not have a workable book at all. And I had to hire an editor and rewrite the whole thing. And I was doing it while I was pregnant. And at the end of it, I was like, I have a book and I have no idea what to do with this. Now I'm about to have a baby. Like anyone who's written a book out there knows that writing it is just one part of it, but marketing it and sharing it with the world is a whole other thing. Right. And so I just sort of was like, I think I have to give up on that dream right now. And I put it on a shelf and, and like my computer shelf. And um, <laughs> I had my son. Then four months later, I, one of my clients who had just started her own independent press approached me and was like, do you want to write a book for us? And I was like, I just had a baby. I don't know. And she's like, I'll help you. Let's just make it really easy. And so we came up with this formula where we would just pick a bunch of different topics and I would write the self-care interpretation of those. And so it was like self-care in the sunrise about getting up early in the morning and what that means, self-care and eating lunch. Um, like, about routine, like having a routine is what you're saying. Yeah, but then it started to get bigger. I was like, okay, what about like self-care and feminism? And like, what about self-care and racism? And like, how do we use self-care as this filter to look at everything from like super mundane things, but also really complex societal things? And and what we started to feel in the in the writing of the book is like, oh, that there's there's a power in in using self-care as a way to see the world rather than just an action that we can either do well or not do well, which I don't believe in, but rather it's a way that we can look at anything to find more empowerment more connection, more healing in it. And that that is really how self-carefully emerged. And we brought in um, a really dear friend of mine who's an amazing designer and illustrator. And she did like just these incredible illustrations for each of the vignettes. And we it's risograph printed, which is the special kind of printing that is hand pressed. And so you hold it in your hands and it just it feels like a work of art. And our whole vision Aww. for the book is that it's something that people can really like give to a friend who's going through a hard time. Really, Aww, you great. pick it up. You don't have to read it in order. You can really just open it to the section that, that it calls to you. 
And so we're um, officially it comes out at the end of November. There's some early copies that are available from Thick Press is the website where you can order it. And it's been really great Thick to put press. it out in the world. Thick Press. Yeah. If you, if you just Google Thick Press, you can okay. you can order it. End of November. When were, where would it be? Would it be on Amazon and all that? It actually is. That was sort of our vision at first. Is like, can we avoid Amazon because we're trying to make it just this very independent press thing? But it, it turns out you can't avoid Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> no one can avoid Amazon. We we got picked up by a small press distributor, which is actually a really great thing. But part of it is they're going to listen on Amazon. So you can order Thick Press until it officially comes out on Black Friday, which we thought was the perfect day to release Aww, an anti-consumerist nice. self-care book. And um, you can order it from there on and on Amazon and the Thick Press website as well. That's amazing. Okay, all perfect. This episode is gonna will be aired. Uh, that will be right before November starts. So that's that's perfect. Oh, great. Um, and in, in your podcast, do you talk about your book to your website? And I saw you also have courses like you put self care for those who are self employed and like stuff like that. Like I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, do you mention all that in your podcast as well? Uh, yeah, I've done some podcasts. I did a podcast where I, I brought together a whole book team to talk about the self-care of writing a book, because I think that's been a really important part is that we were like, we need to actually practice self-care as we're writing this book. And all of us were in really busy phases of our life. And we're like, we're going to support each other and do this. So the whole process has actually felt like self-care. So there's an episode dedicated to that. I also I bring on a lot of different other self-care professionals and people who are doing amazing work to interview them for my podcast. And what's the and name of your podcast? It's called Self-Care with Gracie. Well, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I'm actually pregnant with my second. We're due in February. So I'm oh, what do you kinda, want, a boy or girl? It's going to be a girl this time. Oh, that's awesome. I have two brothers and two sons, and I'm like, Jesus, I'm surrounded by men. So congratulations on oh, that. That's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> I was I was jazzed for a boy. I thought it was gonna be a boy, but I was I'm pretty excited to find out it was a girl too. Oh, I mean, my pregnancy were so different, but yeah, no, it was another boy. I was like, oh Jesus, uh, my life right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have two boys. They're 12 and 8 now, but it, I mean, boys boys are fun, but I can't imagine you have it all. It's boy and girl done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, and not only that was self care too. I feel like with motherhood and being a parent, and you know that helps so much too like because you're raising you know the way we grew up and there's there's a lot of family that are out there that are supportive about what what we do for like our dream and I have some family that don't support my podcast or what my story is because they think it's like me being I'm, I'm just telling too much and I feel like with self-care like we can teach our kids to grow up to be authentic to be themselves and to verbalize whatever they need to and I think that's amazing. I think that there are people in our lives that that real self-care is going to be inherently threatening to them. Mhm. Yeah. Because they're not that interested in getting to know themselves that that feels scary and it and it should feel kind of scary. I mean, there's a lot in there when we start to dig inside like you oh, found yeah. out for yourself, right? Mm, yes. <laughs> but yeah, but I do think that like if we can have the modeling and I think about like I wouldn't have the courage to share the harder parts of my experience had I not experienced teachers who were dedicated to sharing the hard parts and being vulnerable. And I I just learned so much and found so much relief in finding other people's stories like the ones that you share that I made this commitment to myself as I started teaching yoga and started coaching that I wasn't going to hold it back and pretend like I had it all together, that like I'm, I'm in the mess. I'm in the learning just as much as anyone else is. And, and I'm just willing to like hold space for other people within that and create community around that. But it's not because I haven't figured out in any means. 
No, and I get that. And I feel like, you know, with us people that, like, are okay with telling my crazy stories, like, why not share the stories, like you said, like, to help out anyone that, that can hear it. And it's turning more into, like, the self-care, like I was telling you. And now I want to contribute for people just like you, you know, that are teaching it out there. And I think it's such a huge community now. I just realized that. I'm like, wow. I do think it's a movement. I'm really feeling that, that there are just a lot of people who have been talking about self-care. And, and this is, you know, there's so many things about, like, the political climate in these past two years that have been hard. But what has changed is that people talk about self-care a lot more. That was, like, big. Yes. 2016 was all of a sudden people were like, you got to take care of yourself. Self-care is important. And I'm like, all right, because I've been teaching on it for a couple of years before that. And I was like, whoa, but the moment's really prime right now. And we're, we're hungry for what that is. And I think we can't have the outer kind of revolution that we know we need to have right now to really change things if we if we're not tapping consciously into the power that's inside of us. And in our culture, we're not given tools for it. And so that's why it's like we need to band together. We need to share resources. We need to be supportive of each other. But we need to keep looking inside of ourselves because there's a lot that we can access there. Right. Because like the old fashioned way of, of anything, whether it's relationship or the way you love yourself is you demand something and there's a one strict way of doing certain things but like you know if you have a bad relationship or a marriage or something and it, it all comes down to loving yourself to love others so that's where I think it all started people started realizing oh wow I really do need to take care of myself <laughs> and that's a really powerful first step and I just want to honor anyone who's out there who's like looking around their lives being like oh shoot <laughs> this is not what I want because that can right. be such a painful step to be like I want a divorce I don't even like myself that much but that's the thing. It's about gaining awareness. And and so many people don't even have awareness or consciousness that we're so like numbed out in our lives that we don't even know how we're feeling. And right. if you can start to get some awareness, like I don't like where I am right now, that's that's an extremely powerful place to be because that means you can actually create change. And it, that, maybe the process is really long and hard. And I'm going to guarantee you there are some difficult emotions in there that you, you won't want to face. I right. highly suggest getting support from some kind of like community or trained professional while you're doing that. But it's I think sometimes when we feel like things are hard, that that's like we're doing poorly. And I think it's actually the opposite. I think when we realize that, like, we need to make change, that's we're doing great. We're on the right path at that point. Right. And I actually had a, a, a coach once tell me she's like, well, just like, you know, when you are trying to train for a marathon and you never worked out in your life, you're going to fail. You're going to have some cheat days that you didn't plan on and you're going to, you know, and you get back up and you start doing it again. It's just like that. And I'm like, that's such a good analogy. Totally. Just I, I say that to myself all the time. Like, I just got to keep going. I don't know what's next. Like, I know that this moment's hard, but I don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year. I just got to keep going. Right. You just got to keep going. And like you said, self-care is so much more than just either physical or emotionally. It's it's awareness. It's it's the way you bring your family up, your marriage, how you're looking out from people who are looking up on you. Like It's just so much more. It's self-care is so huge. It really is. It's, it's like a rabbit hole in like a good way. Like we'd go into it. Yeah, and, and yeah. It's, I have so many definitions and yet none of them feel complete. But like what I've been thinking about a lot lately is just like it's a sense of integrity that we're whole that we don't have to splinter ourselves off to be one person for one person in our life and another person for someone else, but rather we're just ourselves. And that, that takes courage. It requires setting boundaries. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, I'm not, I don't try to act like I, I'm perfect and I got everything intact. Like when I tell my stories in every, every episode, I'm like, by all means, I'm not saying that I'm not like, you know, I was talking about a certain situation on an episode about this girl and this guy that they kept going back and forth, back and forth and just fighting and involving more people in the relationship. And I'm like talking about what I think they both need to work on, but I'm like, but I'm not here saying I'm not working on myself on other situations. Like, of course, like I still have healing to do. 
I feel like no matter what, to the day we die, we always have healing to do. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're here. Like, we're 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 not here to be perfect, and we're and I think this is like where we have to look at perfectionism because we live in a very deeply perfectionistic society, and this goes way back to like Puritans. Like, I don't know if things that's ever gonna change, but I think as long as we admit that we're not perfect, and even though you and I are in this community of self care, like as long as we admit to that, like, it just means we're all working together on ourselves. Like, it's not, it's not like I stopped that I'm the best. And now I'm going to teach it to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think I really think it's just about like a willingness to be in community to like create community, be in community, support community. And, and that's like, where I leave self carefully, the book, the last vignette is on self care in community, because it's like, we're so isolated. And that's, that's really what I think growing up in a very perfectionistic culture does is it, it makes us feel like we have to hide ourselves, because we know we're imperfect. We have to, we're shameful about that. We, we hide to, it. We pretend like everything's okay. And the way to peel is to come out of isolation and be like, no, let's like, let's talk about this. Oh yeah. You, you made a podcast about your imperfections. And I, I feel like it's life giving and that's, that's what community is all about. Right. Right. And then like with social media, when that got big, like it's like you have to put the perfect image of yourself out there and that's what everybody wants to do. And it's like, no, that's not real life. I know. Social media is just—it's amazing tool, and it's really complicated our relationships with ourselves a lot. It is, I know, and and, I mean, yeah, you know, of course, we don't want to put out negativity, but I mean, it's authentic, it's true. But um, on your website, I saw you do courses. Um, so if you want to talk about some of the courses you offer for your clients, of course, yes, I offer an ongoing program. It's called the Beautiful Life Collective, and it's a membership program, meaning that you join and you can stay in for as long as you like, or you can try it for one month. And it's about that intersection of how do we care for ourselves so we can care for the other people in our lives. And it's the idea that there's this self-care is multi-tiered, that like, yeah, we're going to care for ourselves. We're going to care for our body. But then how do we translate that into like being the kind of mothers we want to be, being the kind of leaders that we want to be looking at our community and seeing where something is like off and being like, I can make that better. And so it's it's bringing together this amazing group of women. We have about 60 women in the community right now who are all like asking deep questions. They want to be in integrity with themselves. They want community. They've kind of like gotten past the point that they think they can do it by themselves. And it's just uh, it's not it's not a huge time. It's just a great conversation that we're all in. And a lot of I say resources, inspiration, support. And I love I love that group. It's really great. Okay, so is it a group or is it like also a one-on-one coaching or how, how exactly if someone started? How, it's how it's it? just, it's a group. It's an online community. So we have, there's a few phone calls a month that we do. Um, we explore different topics together. We're, we're talking a lot about work of like how to show up and be authentic at work and how to set boundaries at work of late. Um, we talk a lot about like domestic partnership, being a mother, how to bring self-care into that. So we just have a different theme every month. We focus on, right now we're focusing a lot on bedtime and like nighttime routines and how to, how to create like a really simple nighttime routine for yourself and there's just a lot of power and having a whole community that's focused on just a couple of habits and people are like whoa I'm like one of the things we're doing this month as a community is we're not plugging our phone in where we sleep so we are like as a community we're like plugging the phone in the guest room or the kitchen and everyone's like wow I'm going to bed earlier and like waking up and doing right. a little self-care before I look at my phone so just it's about accountability but but like kind of a gentle accountability and support okay and then what's the cost of this course um, it, it, it varies. It's going up just a little bit at a time, but it's around $40 a month right now to join. And it's a little cheaper if you join for the whole year. So it's, I, I wanted to make a more affordable coaching program for people. So most people can access that if you're working kind of a, a normal job. And, yeah, um, yeah. and, and then I also offer one-to-one coaching and some, 
short courses. I have one on self-care and relationships that's coming up. Um, I'm creating the course right now. We're going to do the pilot version this November through December because I know the holidays are a big time where relationship stuff really comes up for us. So how do we not only practice self-care in our own lives, but how do we translate that into setting the boundaries, voicing our needs, communicating effectively, being able to understand our emotions. So I see a lot of people who actually are pretty good at their own self-care. And then the moment they try to bring it into relationship, it seems like it wobbles or falls apart. Yes. And I wanted to create a course that would more specifically address, like, how do we how do we handle our mom when our mom is like starts like complaining around us? And um, or starts picking at us or handle our partner when our partner is doing that annoying thing that they always do when we start to get into that fight we always get into. So how do we how do we get a better self-care toolbox around our relationships as well? Oh, that's amazing. OK, yeah. And I saw that you have some like preview, like free little previews of what those courses are. Yeah. Yeah. On my website, you can go check out some some different ways. There's there's a free preview on there for the um, Ayurveda course that I offer a little short course that you can just take in your own time. So there's there's lots of goodies. I have a blog and a podcast and I do a lot of free calls. And what's the name of your website? So everyone that's listening can um, go on there if they need to look check that out. Yeah, it's it's self-care with Gracie and Gracie is spelled G-R-A-C-Y. Also, like, the, like you were just saying, like um, self-care. I am a person like I'm not afraid of confrontation. I'm not afraid of, you know, if I'm out, if I don't like something, I'm going to voice it. Everyone thinks I'm a strong willed person because of that. But when it comes to relationships, creating boundaries for me is like the hardest thing even till today. And I've been working on myself for two years now. But it's like, yeah, I would say creating boundaries and, and not accepting the behavior that I get from certain relationships is the hardest part of self-care for me. It's so hard. I don't meet a person who when we start talking about self-care. We don't get into how hard it is to set boundaries. And oh, and again, I, I think awareness of how hard it is is, good, is a good step because you like understand the terrain. You're on denial. Yeah, because denial would be the first step. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm not in denial about it at all. <laughs> well, it's, it's like when I hear that from people who be like, I don't care. I'm like, you care. Everyone cares. We care yeah. about each other. We we if care we're what talking about it, you care. Yeah, yeah. So you can put up that front like you don't care, but you do care. And that's the first step is acknowledging how much we do care about other people, how much we're afraid of disappointing other people, how hard it is to get to know ourselves. Because I think a big part of setting boundaries is I have to understand where I I end, like where you end and I begin to be like, if you right. get angry at me for that boundary that that's your anger and it's not, it can trigger my anger, but it's not my anger. And there's not going to question me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a separation. But I think so many of us, the term that I come back to is enmeshment where we're so enmeshed with another person's emotions that when someone's angry, we feel like we have to get angry or we have to get upset. And it's a really empowering move to be like, well, that person can totally rail against that boundary that I set. And somebody who like freaks out about a boundary that you set it's a really good indicator that that person needed a boundary. The people in your life that are like, yeah, take time for yourself. Of course, get it to me later. You do you. Like those are the people. You're more you balanced. Yeah. You don't need to set boundaries for them and you can do it because they don't care. But the people that don't accept the boundary, those are the people you need to be putting boundaries up for. That's like a, that's a good sign that they needed a boundary in the first place. But it's it's a huge level of emotional growth and development to be like, you're having that feeling. That feeling is really important for you to have. And that's not necessarily what I need to be feeling. Maybe I have my own process around that, but there's a separation and an emotional growth, I think, that comes from learning that we can set a boundary, that someone else can be upset with us and that that doesn't have to end us. No, I totally understand. Like, for example, like I'm 33 years old and me and my mom, we, we get along, but we bump heads a lot. 
I'm a person that I am passionate, whether it's good or bad. So I'm very emotional, not in a crying way, but it could be in an angry way as well. So whenever we would argue, like I would never put myself down and just shut up in respect. I would just lash out. And lately I've been like, you know, we're about to get into it. She's about to get on to me about something. If I'm at her house, I'll just get in the car and just leave and just like cool down instead of reacting. Or when I reacted, it would be 10 times worse. And now I'm like, wow, I'm actually getting better at this. I'm like, I'm so proud of myself. And I mean, she doesn't see it, but I'm seeing it. And that's all that matters. That's awesome. Yes, you're. that's it. It's like we have this habitual thing we do and nobody feels good after we do it. But yet we keep doing it. And how do I, through my own self-awareness, change it? And that doesn't have to mean that you have to like, again, just say like, you're right, because maybe that's not how you feel. But you can leave. You don't have to participate in that. And I know even if your mom doesn't get it, it's like powerful for her on some level. It is because like as soon as it's funny in the situation when it happened, I I, about an hour after I left, she messaged me. She's like, I'm just so upset about this, this. And I'm, you know, I just want to hug you. And I'm just like, oh, wow, it's probably what I should have been doing this whole time because I wanted that reaction from her and I got it from giving her space. Yes. And that's like how we have to learn how to be skillful with people. And, And sometimes people need to sit with their emotions. It's like we blow up on each other because we actually can't sit with our emotions. But if you let somebody be like, hey, you need to deal with yourself. I'm going to go deal with myself. You're leaving somebody to, to deal with that. And sometimes people can't, but it's start respecting, I think, more, too. Yeah. And that's what it is, is like we set a boundary. We think people it's going to drive people away, but it's it really just draws people closer to us. I think people are like, oh, that person's setting a boundary. Like what's they're awesome. Like, that's crazy. Like, wow, they're actually like not speaking up for themselves, like, you know, angry verbally way, but in a quiet, right way, I guess. <laughs> and that's how we teach other people through our self-care. And it, it is always like my deepest belief that self-care is not selfish. And, and it is that it's like if we are willing to just be with ourselves and our own needs and have the courage to express them to others, you will teach other people you will it will spread to other people in your life and you will like create a quite a positive impact right right another thing that I was going to mention was when you got into self-care and and wanting to you know share this like awareness were you going through something difficult or was it just something that you were just drawn to what I guess influenced or what triggered you to start doing that that's such a good question. I I was really hungry for self-care at a certain period of my life. I was living with somebody. We had a dog together. I really assumed we were going to get married to each other. I was in my early 30s. And I was just all of a sudden like, I want to learn about Ayurveda. I want to do this. I want to teach people about self-care. And, um, and that was when we sat down and we had this really honest conversation where we're like, we don't want to do this with each other. So we, so we broke up, he moved out, we started sharing our dog and I was like, okay. And I like usually was so used to falling apart after breakups that I was like, I was really clinging to that relationship because I knew, I knew it wasn't right, but I also didn't think I was strong enough to handle that kind of breakup. And then I was like, okay, like I was doing the self-care and I was like, I'm kind of staying afloat. This is all right. And that kind of reinforced for me, like, oh, self-care. And and then I found out that my dad had cancer probably like two months after that happened. Oh, wow. And, um, and he ended up passing away after about eight months. But that was, as you can imagine, like a very challenging eight months. And oh, so um, yeah. yeah, thank you. And I, you know, it's one of those things. It's actually the uh, fifth year anniversary of his passing this week. So I've been reflecting on it a lot and thinking about that time period. And it was, you know, it's, it's horrible. And I would, you know, anyone who was going through that or has gone through that, like my heart goes out to you. And I, my self care was so powerful during that time because I knew that for me to really be helpful to him, I needed to show up 
totally like energized and totally grounded and in myself and self-care gave me that. And he said before he passed away, he was like, I see what you're doing in your life and it's really powerful. And he was like, my dad was never someone who took good care of himself. So it was, it was like profound that he recognized it. And he was like, you're going to help a lot of people with this. And he told me that like kind of get emotional sharing that, but he, so yeah, so I really, it, it just, it really helped me to understand that concept that self-care is not selfish. Cause I think before in the back of my mind, there was still that voice being like, this is selfish. Why do you need to teach people about this? And from that point on, I was like, no, this is how we help people. Right. Yeah. I'm going to teach it. I'm divorced and I have two, two kids from my first marriage and he remarried and I'm actually very good friends with his wife. Um, she's a stepmom of my kids and she actually started a, a blog, a stepmom blog called blended nest and me and her support each other's business. You know, we were there and she actually had her dad passed away in March of this year. And ever since that happened, it was like a, I guess, a spiritual awakening. She started really focusing on herself and really trying to get emotionally to where she wants to be and, and teach people like, Hey, you can have a good relationship with blended families. And what she's doing is amazing. And, and it all came from what happened with her and her dad, you know, and you have to, I think, you know, mine was a really bad relationship that I got out of that. I really forced me to have to love myself, whether I liked it or not, because I was never going to leave that man. So I feel like like we have to go through something really hard to be like, wow, I need to work on myself. Mm, I so relate to all of that. Yeah. It, I like the words that are coming to me are like, you have to get broken open sometimes. Yes. Like yeah. That. That's so true. We would never break ourselves open. You know, it's like, we're, like I was so afraid of all of the things that were about to happen. And, and there were, they were really hard. Like going through that breakup was really hard. And like, like the stuff with my dad was so hard and I will never sugarcoat that. But yet like the thing that I was most afraid of, of like myself kind of like imploding would never, that was like not even close to happening like that. Well, I think also um, for your situation and and with that relationship you were saying, you know, when you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think that also like shows maybe how you actually start when you started doing self-care. I think you had a a little bit more than, well, at least for me, I can speak for myself, a little bit more self-love than I did at the time because you at least acknowledged it and both ended the relationship. Like, I would have never left. I would have stayed there forever. Like, you know, so at least I, I, that's a good thing that you at least had some self-respect in that aspect. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it, it was weird because I was like, I'm not leaving. Nope, nope, we're going to make this work. Yeah. And it was actually, he was the one. He was like, this isn't going to work. And my first thing was like, no, 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 we can make this work. And then my second thing was like, it was like this total full body relief. And I was like, I don't have to try to make this work. And it was so clear to me that like, that was not right. But I couldn't have told you that even 30 seconds before. It was really weird. It's like the secrets that we keep from ourselves are so intense sometimes. Yeah. And it just kind of like, 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 I'm at a point right now where I'm like, no matter how much I wanted this man to stay in that in the past, let's just say it, it didn't happen. This man was never going to be right for me. So it's like, it, it, you just get to a point where you're like, it was never going to work no matter how much I wanted it to work. Oh, I know. I know. And it's, you know, I didn't want to be single. I didn't want to be in my thirties and be single. I was like, you know, I right. want I thought I wanted to be a mom and then I was really unsure and I watched all my friends around me get married and have kids and I was like, I'm, I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that, that's why I feel like I'm at right now. Stuff like that, like family relationships, things like that, like that you can't force that stuff, which I thought I could. I was like, I can just kind of make this work. And, right. and it's so interesting because I finally, like when I was, I was 36, 35 and I was like, you know what? I'm okay. And I really had this like amazing summer of like self-acceptance where I was like, I feel good about myself. I'm going to be single. I'm going to be fabulous. I'm going to embrace this. <laughs> and then I met my husband, of course, like two months later, I already knew him. He was one of my yoga students and I'd stopped teaching classes at that time. So we reconnected through one of my clients actually. And <laughs> we went on a date and 
and I, I just like kind of knew right away. I was so not into the idea of going on a date with him before we went. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm single. I'm fabulous. We had this great conversation. I was like, he's really cool. And, um, it's always when you're not looking. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then we actually, um, we, we got pregnant accidentally two months later. Um, total, oh, wow. <laughs> total accident. And we were like, all right, let's go for it. So we, we moved in together when I was like in my third trimester and, we got married last May when our son was part of our wedding. And, um, oh. yeah, so we've had like a relationship in reverse, but it's awesome. And I'm like with him and I'm like, oh, you're the person I'm supposed to be with. And it's so clear. And I'm like, I always feel like think back on that past relationship. I'm like, that was the best goddamn thing that ever happened to me. Right. <laughs> that right. That That's what, and a lot of people ask me too. They're like, well, what do you think about like, like him now and everything? I'm like, I actually would thank him because if it wasn't for him, I would have never done this. And now, I'm helping other people. And I think that's amazing. So honestly, yeah, it hurt like hell. <laughs> I was at bottom of like the basement of rock bottom, but I'm actually thankful that it happened because I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So yeah, no, I totally agree. What does your husband say about what you're doing right now with, with your book and everything? Oh, he, he's totally supportive. Yeah. He's, he's a big um, advocate. He's really, in, he does a lot of work in criminal justice reform. That's like what his passion is. And so mm-hmm. he's just like, he's in the thick of it, like just hard stories all day long. And I have so oh. much respect for him and what he does. But he's like, that was the thing that when I met him, I was like, this man has good self-care. He like, he had gotten sober. He'd been sober for four years. He was like trans a very kind of difficult growing up situation and um really just so much maturity and emotional intelligence. I was like, who is this man? What have you, where have you been? You're just working <laughs> yourself for all these years. And uh I mean, we really have like a great spiritual connection. Like, but we like, I love our conversations because we're like, start talking about how like, like awful politics are and like how we want to see change it's in like the world. And then yeah. yeah totally. And then we're all of a sudden we're talking about like, crazy spiritual ideas and I'm like there aren't any people who can just like fluctuate the, between those two worlds but yeah we just like he he really supports me so much in what I'm doing and especially like I'm I'm working in this book tour before I'm like gonna be pretty pregnant and I'm like I'm, let's go to Richmond let's go to Baltimore let's like these book readings and he's like all right let's do it you're, you're in DC right yeah yeah we're in DC DC's like the thick of like the self-care needs there's a lot yeah, right the politic area yeah, there's a lot happening in this city. It's I love this city. It's great. That's but yeah, there's a big need for self-care here. So are you doing some book tours that maybe you want to promote? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be doing one in um, D.C. area on it's going to be on December 5th. I'm pretty sure it's the that Thursday, December 5th at Loyalty Books at 7 p.m. And I'm doing one in Baltimore at 7 p.m. on Saturday, the 7th of December. And that's going to be at Red Emma's, which is like a cool progressive collective bookstore. And I will be doing one actually on the day it comes out in Asheville, North Carolina um, on Black Friday. I'll be doing one at Firestorm Books. And both of our moms live in Asheville, which is just kind of another weird coincidence of, of our lives. So we're going to be there for Thanksgiving and we called the bookstore in there. So we're actually going to do a, a talk on then. And we're working on a New York date right now for that second week in December. So I can so what update. areas are you are you staying in when, when you do the book tours? Oh, well, um, the ones that are from D.C. are they're local. So for Baltimore and D.C., I'll just be local. Asheville, I'll be in Asheville, North Carolina. I'll stay with my mom. And then New York, um, I, we're going to go up and stay somewhere in Brooklyn. So we just need to figure out where the Right. When would that be? Would that be in December as well? Going to New York in November, December, and I would love to go. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'll let you know. Yeah, we need to, New York's like a bit of a tougher market. It's like these small towns or big, smaller cities are like the cool bookstore you call them up. And New York is just so many cool bookstores. So we're just trying to figure out the right space for it. But it would be that I'm going to go up the 10th through the 13th. We're going to take a little baby moon during that time. Okay. 
So uh, it'll be sometime in there. So I'll definitely let you know. I'd love for you to come okay. meet you. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I actually have a, my, one of my biggest um, audience is uh, Ashburn, Virginia. And also, oh. well, um, New York, New York is another one. But um, Pennsylvania is another one as well. And yeah, Philly's like 37% of my audience is there. But um, I have a lot of, a lot of people up north that listen to it. And you said North Carolina? North Carolina, yeah, Asheville area. Okay, okay. It's weird. I mean, I have it. They listen everywhere. I have a lot of uh, random cities, but Virginia or Ashburn and New Jersey and New York are like really big. I'm like, whoa. Why so, Ashburn? Ashburn's so interesting. I have no idea, but uh, literally it's 71% from people in Ashburn listen to this. I don't know. Wow, that's interesting. I have some family that lives in Ashburn. My brother and his, his I mean, wife. Is that by are... like college? Like what is? I don't even know. What Ashburn. Ashburn's right by Dallas Airport. It's it's just like deep deep suburbs of DC. Well, then that would make sense because Philly is another one that's like thirty some percent. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of be by the airport. People just listening to podcasts or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, my family that that lives out there, they're they're the Mormon wing of my family, which I've I've I don't know if there's like a lot of Mormons that live out there. I'm just trying to think of demographics, <laughs> but that might be true. But I think a lot of military families definitely live in northern Virginia that's where I grew up in and you said you're doing Baltimore right because that's another one that I have as well yeah we're gonna be in Baltimore too yeah so it's it's cool I'm really excited to like you know be in person and um kind of meet more people and just share like the big part of what the book is about is that we want to be able to like have conversation and create community as we're sharing the book so just to have people show up so I'll definitely send you a list of all of our dates um we're yeah gonna... that would be great and, and it, are you posting them on your social media and you have Instagram yes I have Instagram um I can send you all the tags for it too yeah it's, it's Grace Place on Facebook and Instagram that's for Instagram and on Facebook it's my full name Gracie Obohovich okay and you said Instagram it's what it's Graced Place so it's G-R-A-C-E-D Place at Instagram and that was the one that I had when I was like in high school and I just have never changed it <laughs> Instagram but I'm like it kind of still works it's like this is my place this is like, right no that's I awesome it's original I like it and um and you'll be posting on there as well for your your book tour dates right yes yes okay so people can follow you okay so yeah check out her website and her social media so if you guys want to go to one of her book tours for her new book that's coming out in November and that's amazing congratulations on your book by the way thanks so much Angie I really and, appreciate it yeah if you want to say anything to wrap this up uh, to anyone out there that's listening or interested in your work I will I just really appreciate being here and I love the work that you're doing I think that sharing honest stories is one of the deepest forms of self-care that I know and just just to kind of like put it out there again that like it's not selfish so if anyone out there is listening and they feel like, oh, and, and I kind of need to focus on myself, but all these other people need me, like, it just, to, like, it, it can be a little hard on the brain to be like, I have to put myself first, but, like, everything else will start to fall into place, but you can't factor yourself out of the equation. So it takes some courage. It takes support. Angie's podcast is a great resource. Obviously, um, you can come to my website. There are a lot of people who are doing really great self-care work out there, but find the people that inspire you. No, and I agree, and I, and I, I don't know why this came in my mind, but. I want people to also know that don't think that you won't get some negative feedback when you are taking care of yourself. Cause I get it all the time with this podcast, people that actually know me or stories that I tell about them and they're, you know, they lash out on me and they don't like it, but that's not my problem. You know, it's because it's, it is my ugly truth. And this is me talking about my inside of it. Find the community that, that will support you because you have a lot to offer the world. And it's just a matter of like taking the time to look inside and honoring that.
and, and by the way, thank you for, for being on here and doing this with me. I really appreciate you responding to my email. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for asking me. This is It's perfect because I've been reaching out to a lot of podcasts because I wrote this book, and I'm like, I, I like promoting it through conversation to really get the ideas across. And then when you reached out, I was like, yeah, of course, I'm going to be on your podcast. This is awesome. So thanks for asking me. An unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth Podcast. Save me a press.